Good morning, everyone. So uh, this morning, I was invited to share a bit about myself and my personal journey. I am thankful for this opportunity, but I have to admit, I am very nervous. I haven't shared my testimony since my high school camp counselor days, and I love expressing myself through music and photography and often share short tidbits of inspiration or thoughts when I'm leading worship over here or through social media, but this is new territory for me, so I'm nervous. And I haven't used all this stuff before, so let's see if it works. Okay, living things grow. Okay, but before I get started, I added this slide for in for myself. Just pause for a moment and leave everything else behind. So I'm going to just take a moment and pause in silence and breathe, and you are welcome to join me. So I invite you to close your eyes. And let's take one last breath together, breathing in with your nose. Pause at the top and exhale through your mouth. And if your eyes are closed, slowly open your eyes. Child, said the voice, I'm telling you your story, not hers. I tell no one any story but his own. That's C.S. Lewis. This is my story. This is the story God is working on and building up through me. God is telling you your story also, and it likely looks different than mine. Today I'm inviting you in on some snapshots of a much larger canvas on my life journey. Living things grow. Hope Fellowship has a beautiful painting on the wall over there with a sprout inside the tree, an expression of growth, an expression of knowing our source of growth, an expression of how we're meant to keep growing. This picture here also is showing a seedling sprouting and growing. And although I must say I don't have a green thumb, this quote about growing is impactful <laughs> to me. Living things grow. It's simple. But ever since the first time I heard it, I've loved it. Living things grow is a reminder and challenge for me to not stay stagnant, fixed, <laughs> or set in my ways. Living things grow challenges me to try and embrace change, which is very hard for me, or at least to be open to new experiences, thoughts, ideas, different perspectives. Living things grow reminds me to continue to grow in my faith, and understanding of scripture, of God, of Jesus, theology, of spirituality. Living things grow is also a reminder to me as I'm journeying through the stages of parenting and watching my own kids grow from infants to toddlers to preschoolers and now to school age. This year in particular, I've been sad about my kids growing, but living things grow is a reminder that it's healthy and important for them to keep growing. This is me. I love purple. <laughs> I still have that necklace. 
I'm super sentimental and nostalgic about lots of stuff. Marie Kondo and the popular KonMari method are super inspiring, but very challenging for me. <laughs> I love reading, music, playing piano, singing, creating stuff, doing art. I like analyzing and thinking philosophically. Whenever Russ and I see a new movie, we analyze it to pieces. I like to sit at the piano and write songs. I love working with kids. I like cats. I am a small town girl born and raised in this area. I grew up in Elmira and live there still today in my grandparents' former house. My family spent a couple years in the United States when I was in grade one and two while my parents worked for Habitat for Humanity. But otherwise, my, I have lived in Elmira pretty much my whole life. My kids are now attending the public school that I went to as a child. I grew up in a family of six. I have a mom and dad who were always very present when we were kids, and I am the oldest of four siblings. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and my dad worked outside the house in construction. We faithfully went to church every Sunday, and my parents were involved in worship, Sunday school, youth group, and leadership. Growing up, I was taught the importance of hard work and good habits, and also enjoyed lots of space for creativity, fun, play, and outdoor adventure. We went camping as a family every summer, packed our family of six in our pop-up trailer. I wasn't always a happy camper, and I still am not. <laughs> but I love the memories that we made. I have many great childhood memories, which I am thankful for. When I was a child, I attended a Mennonite church outside of Elmira with my family, and many of my extended family attended the same church. It was the church my parents grew up in, met, and were married in. I was baptized in junior high, and when I was in high school, our family made a move to a larger church in Elmira, down the road from where we lived. This was nice, as I enjoyed attending church with my peers from school and having more opportunities there. I enjoyed getting involved with kids' programs, worship, and youth, and also worked as an administrative assistant for a bit. Learning about God and discovering Jesus and hearing about Bible stories has always been my norm. I have deep roots in my faith, and I'm thankful for this foundation as I am growing. Okay, I want to throw this slide in here just for fun, because I am passionate about a lot of things. If you know me well, you know that sometimes my passion can create a frenzy, and many times, life and all my interests, involvements, and passions on top of raising three kiddos can create some chaos in my brain and all-around anxiety. And anxiety has been something I've struggled with since my high school days, but having kids has really heightened it. This is something I've been more aware of in the last years than working through. Passion isn't always a bad thing. Passion produces art. Passion creates productivity. Passion produces change. Passion produces impact. Passion can build empathy. And passion can also produce burnout. And for me, this is a daily challenge or yearly challenge, something I'll likely always be working on. This theme of passion and drive and then burnout is a common reoccurrence in my life. I also find it comes out often when I sit down in a song write. All this to say, a passionate woman is worth the chaos. Right, Russ? <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Looking back on my high school days, I was likely stereotyped as a Bible thumper. 
I had Bible verses plastered on my pencil cases, binders, lockers, and all over my room. I was very passionate about my faith and enjoyed displaying it. At the time, this is how I expressed myself and my beliefs. I realize now, looking back, that this may have sometimes been expressed at the expense of kindness or thoughtfulness or relationships, but it was always with good intention. I remember being used to, I remember people used to change their demeanor or language around me. Oh, don't say that around Jennifer. I used to think this was a great example of that verse that says, I was in the world, but not of it, in John 17. But I've since been challenged on this, and my grace journey has given me some new perspective on how I might be more approachable or approach others, build relationships without pushing a bar or expectations on someone else, and learning that relationships help to build the most impact, not me making a stance. I still love to share Bible verses, and I have some up in my house, and I post them time and again on social media. But now, instead of sharing them as a club, or with a pointed finger. I hope that I'm sharing them because they express where I find life and source. And I hope that in sharing this, the verses might bring comfort and inspiration to others like they do for me. I love to look to scripture to reg regularly for encouragement and inspiration and to dig and ask questions. This particular verse is one that I've always loved. I used to have it written and pinned above my bed at camp when I worked as a counselor and waterfront director. And I took it with me to hang above my bed when I went to Bible college after high school. For someone who asks a lot of questions, who is passionate, and whose mind can often be clouded with anxiety, this verse always is a great source of comfort to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. I always have been a person that asks a lot of questions. As a child, questioning probably portrayed itself through lots of topic, talking back to my parents. As a teen, I like to ask questions and push back some of the rules, but if you ask my parents, I was not a very rebellious teenager. I think my mouth got me in the most trouble. I have a very con heavy conscience, and was always good at making my own curfews and following rules. I like to please others and always desire approval. I've said to Russ that I think I've been entering my more rebellious years later in life, since it feels like I didn't go through that discovering self phase and questioning phase as a teenager. I enjoy marking up my Bible with questions and highlighter. I used to meet regularly with a friend at Williams, and we'd dig into my questions where I had put tons of sticky notes, sometimes gaining an answer or a possible one, but more often than not, just expressing questions. I wanted to go to Bible college after high school. I remember sitting in the guidance counselor's office in high school and them trying to advise me elsewhere. At the time, my life ambitions were to go to Bible college and to be a mom. Since music is a passion of mine, I decided on going to Briarcrest College in Saskatchewan. They were known for a good music program, plus I had a friend from youth group who was already there, so it was one connection for me. Heading off to Briarcrest was my first big adventure away from home and my family. I was excited to get some independence, but was also terrified. I remember sitting on my bed and packing and crying with my mom before leaving. Asking questions and writing in my margins is still something I like to do. My Bible is always filled with sticky notes. 
there are one here, see? <laughs> I, I'm often not satisfied just taking something as it is. I loved my experience at Bible college. I was in a two-year music program. I loved my Bible classes, spiritual formation, and music classes. I especially loved the opportunity of having an opportunity to take a songwriting class and be a part of the college orchestra when I was there. I took piano lessons all growing up, so when I went to Bible college, I enjoyed taking some violin lessons and a bit of voice. I also enjoyed being a part of chapel worship teams and gaining my confidence on stage. It was also fun to learn some independence being away from home and live in a dorm with some other girls. And I met a guy. <laughs> Briarcrest had a great music program, but it also had another nickname I came to know, Bridal Quest. <laughs> Ring before spring or your money back. <laughs> Russ and I met in my first year and his last year at Briarcrest. He was in the music program also, a four-year program, and I was in the two-year program. And our dorms were brother and sister dorms, which at Briarcrest, this meant that we had scheduled events together and sat together in chapels and in the cafeteria. Intentional mixing. <laughs> when I found out he was also from Ontario, I thought, ah, this could maybe work. Our relationship really began, though, the time that I did a worship gig with him supplying for the female vocalist and piano player for his college band called Thursday Waiting. Russ and I were engaged after dating 10 months. We were engaged for a year and a half and did lots of long distance, and we got married in May 2006. My couple years at Briarcrest were really good for me. I loved the opportunity to study and learn in an area of my choice. Although my aspiration was to be a stay-at-home mom, I started to dream and think of some other possibilities for my future. Worship pastor, ministry, counselor, teacher, I love music, but after meeting Russ, I started to wonder if two people with the same degree isn't such a good idea. I also, I don't know, I also love working with kids, so I started to think about the possibility of going to university to study childhood development and education. Psalm 139 is another favorite passage of scripture that has always spoken to me and given me encouragement. This psalm helps me to trust that no matter what decisions I am making, God is with me. I'm going to read verses 1 to 18. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. You've enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day, Darkness and light are alike to you. For you form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. 
Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Not long after getting married, I got accepted at University of Waterloo. Russ and I moved to an apartment in Waterloo, and I started university. Going to university was another adventure I am thankful for. It stretched me, this time taking me out of my comfort zone and bubble of being with like-minded people and placing me in classes and settings with others who had different opinions and different perspectives. This was hard for me, but I loved university. It was a lot of work, but I enjoyed the learning environment. I loved asking questions, researching, and getting involved in class discussions. And after Waterloo, I went to Laurier for a year of teacher's college. Russ introduced me to Star Wars in these years. He sat, me, he sat with me hitting pause to all, and answer all of my questions. I recently heard this quote again as we were watching episode six with Emmett, and I wrote it down. Many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view, says Obi-Wan Kenobi. My university experiences really introduced me to interacting with and listening to others with differing points of view. It was probably at this time that I started hearing others and thinking out of the box a little more. I got into a lot of heated classroom discussion and debate, coming home sweating buckets. Not everyone thinks the same as I do. Not everyone has grown up with the same values and experiences. Not everyone has the same foundations. And my way, my right way, isn't necessarily the right way, is it? What is the right way? My upbringing, my truths that I hold on to are not the only truths or the only way of looking at those truths or things. There's other points of view, other lenses, other perspectives. There's room for growth. Learning and growing is healthy. There's life in growing. There's also so much mystery and unknown when I start to open my heart and mind more. It's like a clenching jaw or a tight fist, slowly releasing, releasing tension, releasing stress, letting go, and in that rest, finding life. I like to know stuff. I like to have a plan. I like to make plans and be organized. But there's so much mystery in God, mystery in what Jesus accomplished, mystery in the spiritual realm. The mystery of this particular verse has always intrigued me. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In the Bible, the Gentiles were people who were not God's people. They were the others or considered outsiders. This verse intrigues me and opens my eyes to a mystery which draws me on this journey of discovery, rest, and embracing grace. This verse says, Christ in you. Christ is in you. Christ is in others. Something's changed in me. I used to think God wanted me to convert and change the others, but does he? Who are the others? Who is the whom that God willed? What are the riches? Is knowing our identity in Christ the riches this verse talks about? 
What is the mystery? Is the mystery that Christ is in us? If Christ is in me, in you, in the others, what does this mean? How does this change how I see others? How does this change how I think of others? How does this change how I view ministry? This changes a lot. The definition of the word mystery is something that is difficult or impossible to understand or explain. Embracing mystery is hard. I want to understand and explain and know stuff, but God keeps pulling me to mystery. The unknown, finding rest and peace in the not knowing. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. What if... What if we're meant to live in the mystery, to bask and revel and dwell in Christ who holds all things together and be filled up to all the fullness of God? I want that. How do I live like that? Russell and I started attending Hope Fellowship in the fall of 2013. I remember Bria was in her baby seat and we sat at the back at the tables. We attended two churches for a while, but our hearts finally settled, and we are drawn to the weekly message of our identity in Christ. I think we both began a journey in 2009 after doing the Grace Walk Experience Study with our small group. My journal filled with new questions. I couldn't stop thinking about my life in Christ, and I was drawn to the encouraging good news. I love looking back in my journals and seeing the journey and growth I began and continue to be on. I love to read. I always have a book or two or three on the go and usually carry one around in my purse. I like to read a mix of fiction and nonfiction, junior fiction, parenting and education books, and I enjoy reading books that spiritually impact me, influence me, get me asking questions or stretch my thinking. I'm thankful for those who've encouraged me to read something that's outside of my box and gives me a different lens. One fun thing about having lots of books on my shelves is that I enjoy seeing my growth over the years. I love looking back at books that have influenced me in different times of my life. I also enjoy reading the Bible. For many years, I read only the NIV, but I have enjoyed having an NASB version in the last five years. In college, I liked using my huge parallel Bible with four different versions in the, in, in the last, oh, sorry, four different versions side by side, but the internet makes it super easy to read different versions now. I find in the Christian community it's important to note that even though I love to read and I enjoy reading authors that stretch my thinking, I do still read my Bible and I find it a great source of encouragement, inspiration, and an anchor. It doesn't change, but I do. And that makes it constantly refreshing to revisit time and time again. This book, The Great Dance, by Baxter Kruger is a favorite. He is a theologian, and I enjoy his writing and have also had the privilege to hear him teach. This book is short, 
but it's really impacted me on rethinking living our life now in Christ. Rethink what living in the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit might look like now, instead of thinking that this is something that we attain later. God is in us and around us today. He's here now. He's here in the mundane and in the everyday. There is far more going on in an ordinary moment of an ordinary day on this planet than we have ever imagined. And I'll bet that most will leave the church feeling guilty because they are not doing enough for God. I have felt this. I have felt like I'm not doing enough. I have felt that even when I'm pulled and stretched in lots of directions, serving in one area, involved in another, I've still felt that I'm not doing enough unless I'm involved in this or that or this ministry or this event. And not just in church, but with family. I'm not doing enough unless I attend this function or that or do this particular thing. And with work, I'm not doing enough unless I have this position or this rank or this reference, etc., etc., etc. Always feeling as though I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not measuring up. But God says otherwise. Acts 17, 24 to 29. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things, he's not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. There's far more going on than we have ever imagined. So here I am today. This is my family in the Sims 2 world, which is a computer game I like to indulge in occasionally. It's basically virtual Barbies for adults. <laughs> Bria helped me to create our family. Uh, there's Russ and me, and Bria's over here, and Emmett, and Scarlett, and our two cats, Stellar and Princess Nova. <laughs> so a funny cheat code on this game, a, a cheat code that's available on this game, is Control-Shift-C, aging off. See, with this, you can play, develop your characters, build their knowledge, achieve life goals, like get your toddler to walk, talk, and potty train. All without worrying, you will run out of time. With the aging off cheat, you can play and never grow older. It's like you hit freeze, and you can stay in a stage for a little while longer. With aging on, it can sometimes get pretty stressful playing a family of five and making sure you meet everyone's needs and aspirations. Huh. Sort of like real life. <laughs> but this isn't real life. Living things grow. I went to Bible college. I got married. I also went to university. I have three kids. I am a stay-at-home mom. And I'm also working part-time in areas that I love, like supply teaching for kindergarten to grade six, teaching piano lessons, teaching musical theater. It's funny, though, how all this living in this wonderful, blessed place that is now can easily get clouded with all of life's stresses, daily challenges, or inner voices saying that I'm not enough. Even when I'm doing lots of things that I love, I often get caught up, overwhelmed, clouded, veiled, stressed. I wrote this note on my phone a while ago, and I happened upon it when I was getting ready for today. There are so many messages telling us that we can do anything and we shouldn't give up, and we should do what we love. But what happens when you listen to those messages and suddenly you are drowning? 
I have recently been feeling these similar emotions as I have been thinking over and doing some recalibrating for my plans and involvements in the year ahead. I don't usually do something with half of my heart. I get caught up in doing. I get caught up in busy. I get caught up in ideas. I get caught up, caught up in dreams. It's not until I'm caught up that I sometimes feel like I'm drowning. Maybe I'm running head too fast and God's trying to pull on my shirt and say, wait! Or maybe I get excited and go nuts and forget to check in with God. Whatever it is, I often find myself in this pattern of craziness crash, craziness crash. I'm supposed to keep growing up, yet also am challenged to think like a child. Trusting God like a child trusts their parent. Admittedly, this coming year with my youngest starting JK, I'm scared to grow. <laughs> I don't want to go backwards, but I don't want to go forwards. I wish I could stay right here. Control shift C, aging off. <laughs> but that's not living. I've been unsure of what's next, and I'm often anxious and sad about moving forward. What will I do or should I do for work as my kids are getting older? Am I good enough for this job or that one? What should I get involved in? What are my strengths and what should I focus on? What should I put my kids in? How do I balance working and doing my passions with the needs of my family and being present? How do I pursue my passions and not feel guilt or inner voices saying I'm selfish? How do I say no sometimes? How do I do life and stay sane? How do I get better at this craziness than crash pattern? How do I send my baby off to school in the fall? I don't want to stop riding around my bike, riding my bike around without Scarlet, sitting on my little front seat rider. I so easily get caught up in all this inner talk. I have to stop myself, but honestly, I suck at stopping myself. <laughs> Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I think God works on us and gets our attention through many ways. If we look around and listen, or hear the encouraging voices around us, and remember that God is here, God is speaking to us, sometimes through scripture, sometimes through nature, sometimes through friends, sometimes through people, maybe a Sunday morning message, many times through our kids. We were at the park recently, and Scarlett ran up to me with this bouquet of flowers and said, Mom, beautiful flowers! In this moment, I saw through the eyes of a child perspective, God turning our mundane and our messes into something more. Matthew 18.3, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Bria is always full of adventure. I took this pic after school a couple weeks ago. It was pouring rain on our way home from school and she asked, mom, when we get home, can I run outside and run, in, can I go outside and run in the rain? She was always full of adventure and curiosity. She's ready for new experiences and busy, busy, busy. God is teaching me through her, stretching me, reminding me of how exhilarating and exciting life is, and to not stop seeing the adventure and to try and embrace it. This passage I put on the slide is an axe. It's about an adventure, about a shipwreck. I'm not going to read it, but if you look it up, it goes on talking about how there was an intense storm and things were looking hopeless, but God reminded them to keep courage and not be afraid, and God helped them to safety. God is with me in my adventure.
Emmett is my oldest. He just finished grade three. He's teaching me a lot through him. God is teaching me a lot through him also. Emmett and I have a lot of things in common. We both like structure. We both love to read. We both don't always handle things super well emotionally at times. We both can get swept up in our emotions and anxiety and fear and struggle with sleep. Since being this guy's mom, one area God has been teaching me about is time. Abide. Making time for him. Going up for that late night cuddle and face stroke. Embracing his interests and learning them. God wants us to abide in him also. John 15, 4-5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. God is teaching me through my kids every day and likely will for the rest of my life. Some days I see it better than others. Some days are pretty clouded over and crazy, and I don't stop to look for it or let myself be challenged. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God is here. God is always present. God is always speaking. Maybe through my kids, maybe through a scripture passage I read, maybe through a song I hear, maybe through a situation I'm in, maybe through nature I see, God has always been here and is always with us as we are growing. If I stop, if I open my eyes, if I step back in my moment of recalibrating, if I loosen my fist or let myself be teachable, I become more aware of God's work in my life, where he is speaking to me and his presence in and around me. I can make plan after plan after plan, recalibrate, then make new plans, get ideas and make more plans, get involved in this and that and then another thing and another thing and spin plates like mad and then get overwhelmed and crash. God keeps saying, look at me, abide, be still, listen. Be still and know that I am God. God, thank you for this opportunity to share some of my story and some of the ways that I see you working in my life. Thank you for being with me in each stage of my life as I'm growing. Help us to stop and listen, to be still, to open our eyes to see you working in the mundane. Hear your voice not only in scripture, but in nature and in people and authors who stretch us through our kids, through our circumstances. Help us see through your eyes. Stretch our perspective, our adventure, and help us to abide in you as you continue to draw us to you and you pursue us daily. Amen. Thank you.